Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. We have more Flyers Talk for you as this offseason picks up, as the Stanley Cup final picks up. I am joined as always by the wonderful Brooke Desher. Brooke, how are you doing? Jordan Hall, I am getting through. Happy Monday. Yes, there we go. <laughs> we need that Monday energy. Brooke, uh, before the weekend began, we saw um, a restricted free agent re-signed by the Flyers. Nicholas Aube-Kubel, a new deal for, uh, for him. Uh, it is a two-year, uh, $2.15 million deal. Um, I think a very honest deal for Nicholas Aube-Kubel, who had a really nice rookie season once he came up in mid-December. Uh, 25-year-old Ford, I think the Flyers really like him. Brooke, what did you think of the deal and uh, what are your expectations for Ove Kubel going into his first full NHL season next year? Yeah, so I never once doubted that the Flyers were going to work out a decent deal with Ove Kubel. Um, because every single glance that you have gotten from him through his smaller stints with the Flyers, you see so much potential for the player he is slowly becoming and we got a really great taste of that like you said once he did start once he did get the call in December of this past season but he is a depth forward that can do everything that you ask of him and he's not afraid to be aggressive which is something that I really think the Flyers need is aggressive depth but also I don't see him staying as a bottom forward throughout his entire career because I think he has a really high ceiling. So my expectations are pretty – I'm open-minded right now with him just because we haven't seen a full 82-game season from him yet in the NHL. And given the circumstances, we're probably not going to see it this year, uh, whether there's going to be a cut in games or – um, whatever the circumstances are. But I really want to see what we can get with a full season of him with the Flyers and then kind of set more ground expectations. But I'm so happy that the Flyers are finally able to close on this deal because he was definitely one of, if not the most important restricted free agent to get signed this offseason. Yeah, and it was really um, you know, good for him too. Uh, it, on the human side of it, you think, uh, he was a guy that was called up in mid-December, basically out of sheer necessity. The, the team was really ravaged by injuries at forward. Um, they really needed a call-up. And he saw so many young players get called up before him. The Flyers tried just about everyone 
before Nicholas Alve Kubel. And uh, here he comes in mid-December and gives them zero reasons to send him back down. He stays the rest of the way, uh, becomes a regular in their lineup, uh, and in the playoffs as well, other than when he got hurt, when he took that block shot to the knee and missed three games in the playoffs. But, um, and now he's kind of solidified his spot. I think the key will be the Flyers keeping him motivated. Uh, it seems like now there is a, a very motivated player uh, I don't think Albe Kubel will be satisfied by any means. I think he knows he's going to have to fight for his spot in the lineup, on the roster even, uh, because the Flyers have a lot of youth uh, all around him as well. But, uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, very productive North-South player. And, Brooke, it will be interesting to see what his real ceiling is. And I think a full season, like you said, will give us a glimpse into that. It's always, it's always revealing when you see a player go through his first full NHL season. Obviously, with the Flyers, he played 36 games. Um, had seven goals, eight assists, very productive. Again, like you said, bottom six guy that could do a little bit of everything, power play, penalty kill, could kind of play up in the lineup, down the lineup. I think a full season we're going to see a little bit more. But great point about his scoring. I, I, I think um, we forget he was a second-round pick who scored a lot in junior hockey. He could score goals in junior hockey. I don't, I don't think the Flyers are going to peg him as this third, fourth-line guy. I think he's going to have a chance to climb. Um, but, yeah, full season should be revealing. Uh, good deal for him. And, Brooke, it's kind of interesting. He even mentioned it. Um, you know, his career rate didn't start the way he wanted it to. Uh, he saw a lot of guys called up before him. If you even look at the 2014 draft class of the Flyers, Travis Sanheim was the first-round pick in that class. Uh, he's been with the Flyers for a little while now. Mark Freeman was a third-round pick, um, has already been with the Flyers, gotten his taste of it. Oscar Lindblom was the fifth-round pick, and we know how well Oscar has done. So, Albe Kubel was a second-round pick in that class and kind of saw guys go up before him, kind of get the taste of it. Uh, but now he is here under a new regime, and he's getting his chance. Um, I, think, I think it's fair to say people should be excited about his, about his future. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think that it's really great for – Albe Kubel to be able to have this contract out of the way mm -hmm. first thing in the off season, because one, it tells him that the flyers believe in him and know that what he is capable of doing and what he can contribute to the team. And two, he's going to want, like you had said, he's going to want to do everything right and will never be satisfied with his previous performance. He's always going to be aware of what he needs to work on, what he can do better. And I think that that's something that's really admirable about any kind of player who can sit back and you can always say the good parts about your game. You can always be able to comment on the things that stand out in a positive way, but to have players that are able to acknowledge their mistakes and what they want to work on moving forward is such a great aspect to have. So I think that's just going to be so beneficial for the Flyers heading into next year. Yeah, and kudos to the coaching staff and the front office in this regard because I think the, they found a, a very strategic and productive way to give Abe Kubel much more than what he got in 2018-19 in terms of playing time. I'm not talking about his deal, but in terms of playing time. So to basically give him some reward, give him something to work with, but then also know how to keep him motivated know how to not let him get too high, get too low. It seems like the Flyers were really good in doing that. 2018-19, he played nine games with the Flyers. He played five and a half minutes per game. 
he mentioned, he's like, I had no chance to do anything in that, in that type of minutes per knee. Like you just don't, you go out there stressed, you go out there pressing, thinking, well, I'm probably going to get one or two shifts where I can really do anything. And I need to be perfect in that shift. Uh, the flyers called him up and they gave him some opportunity. They played him up in the top six from time to time. They gave him power play, uh, but they didn't give him too much. So it kind of kept him motivated knowing, you know, if I get a little bit of reward, I could get more if I continue to play hard. And he brought it every single game, played that North-South style that the Flyers really like, and uh, became a fixture. Good for him. Brooke, keeping on the topic of restrictive free agents, the Flyers have three more now to get new deals done. Philip Myers is one. Robert Hag is the other. And Nolan Patrick is the third. Uh, among those three, who do you think could be the next to, to get re-signed? So I put a lot of thought into this question because, one, it still baffles me that Hag is only a restricted free agent right now. Yeah. Um, but initially, my instincts were to re-sign Philip Myers um, as the next one, at least. But I kind of feel like they're going to lean toward just getting some sort of contract done with Nolan Patrick mm -hmm. because, and this isn't any knock to Patrick, but there's really not a lot of negotiating that needs to be done because he didn't play last season. So it could be a really small, simple cap friendly contract for two years and it could be in the range of Aube Kubel. It could even be, I mean, I think eventually he's going to be worth more, but he's going to have to show it and he has to prove that. So I think that's a big issue that the Flyers have had in the past is throwing money at players and then expecting them to do more. So I'm hoping that they look at Patrick and say there's potential here. Yeah. We want him to prove it, though, before we give him a long, extensive contract for his career. So my thoughts are they're going to lock him up, and it's going to be fairly simple, super cap-friendly, um, just because I think Philip Myers is going to be a little bit of a debate because he plays well, and he, he, deserves, he deserves a decent contract coming out of restricted free agency. So... I think it's more of just along the lines of what is going to be easiest next. And I think that's wrapping a contract with Patrick first. No, but do you agree? Do you disagree? Because I know that that was kind of out on a whim for me to think Patrick over Myers. So I don't know. I, I figured that I had to state the case, but do you agree or disagree with that? You absolutely stated the case. I, I will say I disagree, but I don't think it's like a bold disagreement. Oh, rude. No, I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you were wrong, Brooke. No, um, <laughs> uh, I, I see why you feel like the Nolan Patrick one is kind of a bold take or a bold pick there because, yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot of interesting um, – a lot of interesting aspects to the Nolan Patrick deal because of – his situation, uh, not playing at all in 2019-20 because of a mind-grade disorder. Um, he's a second overall pick. So typically, maybe a second overall pick or a first-round pick in 2017 is kind of getting that next, that next big step up from the entry-level side of the deal to, you know, his real NHL contract. But obviously, different situation with Nolan Patrick. Uh, just given he did not play uh, this season, 
And a migraine disorder obviously is a very, very um, kind of uncertain predicament. Uh, it's not a physical injury that the Flyers know this guy's going to be here and ready to go come this certain date. It's still kind of up in the air. So for me, I think Philip Myers will be the next one to get a deal just for the reasons of what you said. I think that's maybe the next easiest one. I think both sides are going to figure out a uh, definite fair deal. Um, I don't think Myers is going to be expecting this crazy um, uptick uh, from his entry-level contract. I think he'll get a very fair, honest deal. Uh, next season could be his first real full 80-something game season if the season's played in full. This year, I believe he played in the 50-ish game range. Um, and I think the Flyers know what they have in him. Uh, they know his future. Um, and I think Myers knows what he can do and what he deserves. I think it'll be a pretty easy negotiation process for that. Robert Hag is 25 years old. He's coming off his actual uh, first NHL deal outside of his entry-level one. So I think there's maybe a little more um, negotiating there, and he's arbitration eligible. So I think that could take a little longer. And then with Nolan Patrick, I think it's just going to be really fascinating to see what the Flyers want to do and what he wants to do. Um, I think they still have some more answers they probably want to gather before uh, October comes around um, and before they even get closer to the more heated uh, negotiations, just because, uh, yeah, you just don't quite know. Uh, will Patrick want one year uh, for cheap and kind of bet on himself? Are the Flyers willing to go two years when they really maybe don't know deep down if Patrick's going to be the same guy or if he can play a full season? I think it's going to be crazy to see. Not crazy, but I, interesting. I, interesting. I think when we yeah. hear Phil Myers' deal, that's a perfect way to Brook put it, Brooke. I think when we hear Phil Myers' deal, we're not going to be surprised. We're going to be like, hey, that's a good deal. Like Phil Myers, good job, Flyers. Good job, Myers and his team. Uh, easy, said, and done. I think with Nolan Patrick, um, I think it could raise some eyebrows uh, right. depending on what you think he deserves. So I'm going to go uh, Philip Myers for the next to be signed. Visit your Philadelphia area Cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury. Well, Brooks, speaking of events right before the weekend, uh, Claude Drew addressed the media on Friday going into the weekend. Obviously, people always listen when Claude Giroux speaks, especially after a playoffs that people found disappointing on the personal side for Claude Giroux. One goal um, just didn't look like himself. Uh, had some games where he was very noticeable, had some games where he kind of blended in. And at this point, uh, Flyers fans expect more from their captain and really their cornerstone and a guy that's uh, been here forever, longest active uh, tenured athlete in Philadelphia. Uh, so, yes, Claude Drew addressed the media. And it was interesting to hear him talk about conditioning. Obviously, Elaine Vigneault brought up about conditioning. He didn't say he thought Claude Drew was out of shape by any means. But he did say when you get older with age, uh, father time can catch up to you and you need to make adjustments. And he was basically saying, I want to help Claude Drew make adjustments. He's not – Elaine Vigneault did not hide the fact that Claude Drew will turn 33 next year. And, uh, you know, that becomes a very – uh, you know, when you get into those mid-30s, um, that is a uh, noteworthy age come hockey uh, at the NHL level. Um, and he wants to help Drew kind of tweak his training, uh, help him get better and evolve with age. Drew mentioned uh, about – he was asked about conditioning. He said, listen, uh, maybe I can tweak some things here and there in my off-season regimen, but listen, I come, I come in shape every single training camp. Um, I'm committed to this organization. I've always come in shape, and I'm going to be in shape come this year. Uh, 
Brooke, let's get into Claude Drew's interview first, what he had to say about his conditioning. And then we were also able to catch up with our own Flyers analyst and NHL Sports' NHL analyst, Keith Jones. He talked about Claude Drew going into this very important next season. Well, I haven't talked to AV, uh, but I think uh, I've been with the Flyers for 13 years and uh, I've been fully committed to this organization uh, every offseason. I think I do a, a good job to, uh, to, get to get a little better. Um, uh, you know, obviously, when you get a little bit older or uh, whatever how the season went on, you always want to tweak the way you work out. And uh, that's something that I might have to tweak one or, one or two things. But uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, every time camp starts, I'm in great shape. And uh, uh, I expect to do the same here. It's a big deal, and they're going to need him. There's no question he's still a valuable player. Uh, not coming off a great playoff, and I'm sure under a lot of scrutiny because of that, but he's been a really good flyer for a long time and very capable of bouncing back. Uh, these are adverse circumstances where some players manage to jump back in there and get back in full stride, and others did not return to their form that they were playing prior to the, the pause. Um, I think Claude falls under that not returning to form, and I think he'll be busy this offseason, no matter how long it is, and getting back to being the player that he was. Never seemed to get in full stride after the return. So I look forward to watching him be a big part of it next year. There was a lot of mention of expectations for Giroux moving forward because he is the captain. He is hitting a certain age in his career. But expectations shouldn't really fall short of him moving forward. You know, he still knows that he has the stature that he has to uphold. He's the face of the franchise, the face of the organization. And I don't think that that's going to change in just one short season based off of a single playoff stint. I feel like it's kind of common knowledge to know that Giroux was frustrated with his performance. Um, you could sense it when we were listening to him with media, you could see it every post game in the playoffs is that he just wasn't able to connect, but it's, it was what a 13 game span that shouldn't hinder everything that he had done leading up to the season. And even when we spoke to Travis Konechny last week, he noted that he has never been around such a hardworking player like Giroux. He's like, there was nobody like him. And I think that it's important to note that the younger guys on the team are able to see that and have that kind of inspiration to look up to with Giroux. So while he was a little disappointing in the playoffs, I mean, I'll, I'll own up to that. You know that I, I love Claude Giroux, but it shouldn't hinder everyone's perceptions moving forward into next season by any means. No, I think that's completely fair. And this is not, we're not making excuses for Claude Drew, but Keith Jones mentioned how um, this stoppage was obviously unlike any stoppage we've ever seen. And, you know, maybe for younger players, these guys, you know, these spry uh, young uh, kids, they can just pick up right where they left off uh, because their body kind of allows that. But, there's no hiding it. Claude Drew is 32 years old, and he even admitted that, listen, this stoppage was kind of unique. It was unlike anything we've ever seen. And it, to be honest, it took me a little while to get my game going. And I think that, I think that is stemming from the physical side of it. 
Um, you, you went through a stoppage at a crazy time. You didn't know how long it was going to last. And then all of a sudden you pick back up. You only have two weeks training camp to kind of get your legs going. And I think he was admitting, yes, I, I did not get my game going towards the end. And he did. He played better, I think, in the Islanders series towards the end of it compared to what he did earlier on in the playoffs and in the round robin. I think we started to see him get going. So maybe that's a good sign. It's a good, a good sign that, um, you know, when things maybe normalize, uh, we can expect Drew to be himself again. And, Brooke, for me, I remembered um, just the offseason before 2017-18 when Drew had his career year, 102 points. Um, people forget the season before that was his worst of his career as a full-time regular. He had 58 points that year before in 82 games. Then in the very next season, he had 102 points in 82 games. It was ast astounding the way he turned himself around. And I remember he was, you could sense a motivated, motivated Claude Drew. I think he had something to prove. Um, and Ron Hextall, the previous GM, mentioned he's like, Drew trains really hard, really, really hard. We're going to tweak some things and see how we can help him. And I think Drew really got after it, and he came back a different player. Maybe this is kind of something that he needed. Maybe, um, you know, maybe he wasn't, you know, I think every athlete needs motivation externally and internally. I don't doubt that Drew was motivated coming into this season or into this playoffs, but maybe he needed a little bit of this. And maybe uh, coming out of this, he's going to come in pretty hungry next year, knowing that, hey, time's ticking a little bit on his, not only his career, but also his time in Philadelphia. And I'm, I'm really anxious to see him uh, at the start of next season. I, I think he's going to be pretty motivated, Brooke. Um, and I wanted to ask you, um, with, with Drew and his age, um, are you concerned about a possible drop-off at all? Uh, or, or do you think he's going to come in and have a better year than he did uh, this season? So I think that drop-off is a really interesting term because a lot of people might view that as, okay, he's not scoring as much as he used to, or he's not being able to put up assist after assist in multiple games, multiple point games, like he has done throughout his career. But I don't necessarily look at it that way because, again, I'm stressing – that there's balance on this team that we really haven't seen in a significant amount of time. So I don't think necessarily he's going to drop off. I do think production rate might slow just a little bit, but that goes in part of Vigneault's system of everybody really having not running all lines with like very similar time on ice, but I just feel like it's shifting into something different in Giroux's career. I don't – it's it's making sense in my head. No. <laughs> I'm trying to, to, un, to put it into words where it's just – I think we're going to get a different kind of production from Giroux next year where he's going to solely focus on weak points with the Flyers, which is just – one, the leadership. Two, maybe we can get a top-tier power play, Giroux. Put him on the left side, hope for the best, because if we can get decent offensive production from him, I think that that's really all you could ask for in a captain, especially when 
he's getting older and there comes a time where younger players are, they need to step up and we've reached that time. But also this is the closest he's been to a Stanley cup in a decade. So I think the fact that he was this close and he knows that this is a really realistic shot with the club that he has now, Jonesy even commented on that. Everyone likes the Flyers' chances moving forward. So if Giroux just has to do what he, ha- what he needs, like if he even does the bare minimum, which I expect him to do more, we should have a really great outlook for next season. So if you can take all of my jumbled words that I just spat out and try and make sense of them, Jordan Hall. What are your expectations for Drew next year? <laughs> no, I see exactly what you were saying. I think it's okay to say Claude Drew is not their best player anymore. Like, that's okay. It, it, like, players, he's at the end. He's getting towards the end of his deal, right? And he's getting closer to his mid-30s. Um, I, I hate that we keep – I feel bad that we keep bringing up his age, but he turns 33, I believe, in December. So, you know, in next season, he'll be 33 years old. He's on – he has two more years left on his deal. Players typically do taper off a little bit towards the end of their contract. That's, that's the life in hockey. When you sign, when you sign star players to bigger deals, uh, they're very, very good and very productive and star players at the beginning of it. And then towards the end of it, yeah, they may taper off and all of a sudden they become effective players, maybe not star players. I'm not expecting Claude Drew, Brooke, and I don't think you are. I think you're saying it right there. He doesn't have to be a 100-point guy, the best player on the team. He's not that guy anymore, and that's all right. Sean Couturier is probably their best player, their best all-around player. Uh, Travis Konechny led them in points. He's becoming kind of an all-star, a star player, where he can kind of carry the flyers and bulks. They have a Kevin Hayes now, a guy that can really dictate the game and, and be the best player game to game sometimes. Um, and we know how young they are on defense. That's what Keith Jones loves about this Flyers team, is that they are very young and exciting. That's going to be a pillar to this team. Claude Drew can be effective. He can be as long as he continues to evolve with age and just does the things that we know he can do, win face-offs, score big goals in the power play, uh, continue to be that uh, playmaker and uh, that guy that wows you with an assist from time to time, that's all right. I'm okay with that. Like you said, Brooke, the Flyers are deeper, they're more well-rounded, and they had their best regular season in about a decade because of it. And Claude Drew did not have to kill it. He did not have to put up 100 points. I'm not expecting that anymore, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, we know where he is in age. We've we come know. to terms. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's hope for that, Brooke. If, if Giroux is an effective player, I think the Flyers are going to be okay for it. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I think you know, I think I've stated it more than enough times on the podcast, is that Giroux is a one-of-a-kind player, and everything that he has done during his time in Philadelphia – does not go unnoticed. I do think it's underappreciated. I'll say that. I'll, I'll die on that hill one day. But, <laughs> again, I, I like how you said it, that he doesn't have to be a star player, but you know he's going to be an effective one. Yes. And that's really what we have to have, expect from him moving forward. I don't expect 100 points from him in his career, again, if I'm being honest. If he does – I will be the first one to admit that I was wrong. Yes. But we shouldn't make that the ideal scenario for Drew because everyone's going to be let down if that's the case. So let's be realistic, people. Yes. And just appreciate Drew as an effective player. 
Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Yeah, Brooke, you, you really hit it nail on the head with, uh, with Drew there. Um, you know, if he, hey, if he gets 100 points again, I will tip my cap to him. Uh, I, t I certainly tipped my cap to him when he scored 102 in 2017-18. I remember we had an article back then uh, kind of debating what we would expect from him that season. And coming off 58 points, um, I knew he had gone through some, some hip things. Um, I thought he'd be a much better player. I certainly did not see 100 points. He blew me away. Uh, and if he does that again, that would be great. But, Brooke, shifting gears a little bit here, uh, we know uh, in the offseason, uh, the NHL draft is a big initiative across the league, a big initiative for the Flyers. And it's kind of the Flyers' next focus now with the offseason in, in, in full swing here. Uh, the draft is October 6th to 7th. The Flyers have the 23rd overall pick in the first round. Um, always fun when they welcome prospects into the organization. They have a nice prospect pool already, and they will be adding some, uh, some guys to that pool. Brooke, uh, sticking on that topic, um, any prospect, we're going to pick one prospect uh, for you, one prospect for me that we kind of really like for them at number 23. Let's start with you, Brooke. Who are you eyeing for the team? Okay, so you know that a few months ago we did a lot of prospect reporting for the draft. And now that we finally had a set-in-stone draft pick, mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty good because initially when we set these all up, we expected and projected the Flyers to be drafting 26th overall. Now they're being um, – it's bumped down to 23rd. So that makes me even more positive that I want the Flyers to draft Justin Barron he is a defenseman. The Flyers are going to go back-to-back -back years drafting a defenseman in the first round. Some people may hate it. I personally love it. Uh, he played for Halifax Mooseheads last season. And moving into 2019-20, he was initially projected to be a top 15 pick in this draft. Okay. But unfortunate circumstances hit him. He did develop a blood clot, so he was out for a significant amount of time. But you were able to see from his previous season, from the beginning of the season, just everything that he is capable of. And he seems like the kind of defenseman that would mesh so well with, this, with our system. Mm -hmm. And it's because he has a lot of great small qualities that you know he can build off of. So he's a good skater. You know he's going to be a great skater. He is able to have great control in all three zones, which I think is something that the Flyers have struggled on for years on end, is just consistent work in each zone. The neutral zone, entries and everything, it just – I don't know. They stress me out every time. So I think that that's definitely – a something beneficial that the Flyers can look forward to. Um, and he was out for a significant amount of time. It was 12 weeks. So I feel like a lot of teams might consider him to be a long shot because, you know, they didn't really get that kind of um, template of the player that he could be in the following season. But Flyers like taking risks. And – I think if Barron's on the board, they'd be foolish not to take him. Yes, everyone wants a sniper on the Flyers. They're not going to get one. They're yep. not. <laughs> yep. 
I'm okay. saying it there. So we're sticking with defensemen. Exactly. Let's get it out there. Like, you don't – with a 23rd overall pick, any first-round pick, like, you're really drafting the best player available. Like, in the NHL, you don't draft need. Um, it's okay to maybe look at need and see what they might look at compared to past drafts. Uh, but, hey, we know uh, depth on the blue line is critical. Organizations value that, like, gold. Uh, look what the Flyers built up going back to 2014-13. Uh, those drafts uh, with depth on the blue line, the Robert Higgs, the Travis Sanheims, uh, the Ivan Provorovs, uh, Philip Myers, undrafted guy. Uh, and now they have a really bright, exciting future on the back end. And that, that build up years and years of drafting. You don't just draft a defenseman one year and be like, well, time to go to another position. So I like that pick, Brooke. And maybe, yeah, maybe he falls, right, because of that, um, because of the injury. And maybe uh, teams are a little wary of that. And maybe he falls to the Flyers. That'd be exciting. Uh, Brooke, for me, I'm going to go with a fun name, fun because uh, there's organizational ties. Uh, Ridley Gregg, he's a center that played for the uh, Western Hockey League's Brandon Weekings. His dad is Mark Gregg, an amateur scout for the Flyers. So uh, Gregg is a scout for the Flyers, and he actually not only, uh, not only did he play for the Flyers and now he scouts for the Flyers, but he actually scouts the Western Hockey League pretty heavily. So uh, they, they will know Mark or uh, they will know Ridley Gregg very well. They have the inside scoop, and I know they probably scouted him heavily. But for fans that don't know, he's a center, kind of a do-it-all center um, with offensive upside. But to me, I like it because there's so many tools already there with Gregg. There's the offensive upside, but he's a very well-rounded player. He, he will go out there. He will play physical. He will hit. He can help you on the PK. And uh, he's also a playmaker with upside. Um, I think there's not a lot of risk there. And I think the Flyers could really use a center. I think all teams really look for centers, but I feel like they, you know, you're always really looking for that premium position, which is center. And um, I think he could be in that, in that ballpark. And I don't think he would be a big time risk. I think there's upside on top of a lot of qualities that are already there with him and that, you know, will translate to the NHL. Uh, so exciting center, really Greg, who I think the Flyers will know well because of, uh, Mark Craig and, and the ties to the family and the organization. So uh, that's my guy. Uh, obviously, Brooke, we know any player could really be in that range. Uh, we don't really know exactly who they're going to go with, but those are our picks. Exciting times with the draft around the corner. And uh, free agency too, Brooke, we'll have that and we'll have plenty more on that. But uh, any, any final things you would like to say, Brooke Dexter, before we, before we uh, sign off here? Yeah, I think it's really weird that we're going to have a draft and free agency start in October. <laughs> the, I just, that's, that's what I'm thinking of right now. That's the only thing that comes to mind. But we're going to have a lot more in-depth discussions and chats about both the draft and free agency as we gear up towards it. So, as always, thank you so much, Jordan Hall. And I'll look forward to talking to you the next time. That sounds great, Brooke Dexter. Thank you. I know it is really weird that we're talking draft and free agency coming up in October when typically a season is starting. But we are shifting gears like everyone else. And Brooke Dexter and I will have, you know, NHL mock drafts and plenty of stuff geared up for, uh, for the draft and for free agency, which are, will be both in full swing come, uh, you know, the first few weeks of October. Brooke Dexter, thank you as always. Uh, Flyers fans, uh, special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, thank you for listening. This is your latest Flyers Talk podcast 
brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Fans, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.